Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome everybody to Cutscene Saga, the podcast where we dissect and discuss the stories in video games. We're kind of like a book club. Each month we choose a new video game and gather some friends to talk about it. So this month I'm joined in the studio once again by... Lawrence. Welcome back, Lawrence. And once again we are joined remotely by... Joseph here again. Welcome back, both of you. It's great to have you back. We had a good time last week, I think. Yep. So we're back talking about Fallout 4 again. And this week we are talking about the plot itself. What actually happens in the game. So um, what happens in the game? <laughs> A lot. There is I'll so much to <laughs> deconstruct. <laughs> Was that question too um, open-ended for I, us? I guess, I guess the best place to start is from the beginning. From the, a very good place yep, to start. Um, yeah. So um, Fallout 4, unlike any of the other Fallout games, um, opens before the bombs fell. It, it opens with um, your character, um, whether you play as the male or female soul survivor, um, with your husband or wife enjoying a day with your new baby and everything's fine. Which um, is so cool. I love this. I love that it starts before the bombs fall. E- even though you get to go through like your house and one street and then everything goes to hell. Like yeah. I just, I love seeing that little glimpse into mm. into what life was like. I also love all the models they had to make to use them for like 35 Third, seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So it starts off with you, um, your character, um, yeah, as a um, a veteran from the military, um, is uh, is approached by a representative from Voltec um, and asked to sign up for their Vault program. And what impeccable timing! Because thirty <laughs> seconds later, the um, the communists attack. Um, it's the bombs are falling, and you have like a minute to run to the vault. Um, and you and your family safely make it to the Voltec vault, which they would never do anything untoward. No, um, of course not. And they're not. going to take good care of you here, and you'll be fine. Um, Thanks, so hey, Voltec. isn't that great? Nothing bad is going to happen, guys. It's fine. Um, so you are um, you are put into a vault suit and and whisked away into a um, medical check. Um, which it, you you get cryogenically frozen for 200 years. Yeah, and like every part of my little sci-fi loving soul was like, do I have to get it? Like, it's obviously a cryopod. Like, yeah, do I yeah. have to do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, it, hmm, odd that these medical checks like line both sides of the room and um, are freezing cold. Yeah. But okay, okay. that's fine. Sure, Voltec. Um, so uh, you, your player briefly awakens Um to see a a mysterious looking man um, aw- along with someone in a radiation suit um, going to the cryopod across from yours where your partner is in um, taking your son and killing your partner which you know happy days it's been a morning for you like it, the world ended now now your your spouse is dead your yep. baby's gone it's a lot it's been 200 years and i'm having a hell of a morning yeah i mean mm, yeah so um 
the the cryopod is is shut back down, and then when you wake up, there's there's rad roaches everywhere. Yeah, just big cockroaches. It's just it's just the time. Everyone's dead. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Everyone's dead. Yeah. Um, you can check the cryopod. It's, it's a bad time. There's yep. some skeletons. You um, can take your partner's wedding ring, which, which is, is sad. So heartbreaking. Yeah. Um. So your baby. Like you need gone. you need money. You need money. In <laughs> yeah. Cockroach. What you so. sold the ring. Get me, get me some bottle caps. No, yeah. I carry uh, the ring with me for the entire game. <laughs> oh, that's I left so it sweet on, on one playthrough. I actually left it on Kellogg's body. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, you're married to Kellogg cow. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, as, as you go through the vault, it becomes clear something ain't quite right. Those aren't normal cockroaches. Why are they bigger than a house cat? Um, so then um, you the, the vault basically functions as the tutorial. And then um, as soon as you leave the vault, you're like, hey, wait a minute. What happened to my good Massachusetts state? Your lovely you know? little suburban town. Yeah. It's like I turn away for five minutes. And it's like, it's important to remember that in your mind, this has all happened in like half an hour. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So like it's been, it's been a morning. <laughs> Like, um, so you, you step out into the post-apocalyptic wasteland and you're like, hmm, a lot of skeletons. And this is where I normally start looting. Um, cause <laughs> yep. you, you know, just, just straight up, just like a plastic fork. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so might come in handy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you make your way down to your previous hometown, um, of Sanctuary, um, and lo and behold, your robot Codsworth is 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 around. This this is this is like Apple should take notes. Like like technology <laughs> lasting. Talk yeah. Yeah. I mean like like planned obsolescence who? Like he's still going. Yeah. He's he's still going. He's, he's still going and he's batshit crazy. Yeah, we love that for him. <laughs> um so um you can have a chat to Codsworth, um, who is the first companion that you unlock. And um and I, I have to say, I think the worst companion. <laughs> like, yeah. if, if you ever need somebody to just charge into battle with a flamethrower, then he's your guy. But if you need someone to actually, like, intelligently fight by your side, yeah. probably don't go with Codsworth. <laughs> yeah. Um, so after um, checking Sanctuary for your son, oops, he's not there. I mean, you kind of could have guessed it. Like, it's not a great place for a child to be. Um, so Codsworth... Um, suggests that you go down to the nearby um, town of, I'm blanking on the name, I think it starts with the C, Covenant. Was it Covenant? No. Uh, Concord. Concord. All right. So on your way to Concord, you meet the best follower, Dogmeat. Um, <laughs> Dogmeat. Yeah, um, at, at the Red Rocket. And then um, at Concord, you encounter the Minutemen for the first time. And they are stuck in the Museum of Freedom, having a bad time. There's some raiders. It's not a great sitch. So you you go in and, and you, you vast your way through the raiders, you know, like a legend. Um, and then with the help of some power armor and uh, and a big gun, you free yep. the Minutemen. There's a Deathclaw involved. It's a time. Um, Which was a really odd choice at this point in the game because Deathclaws historically in the games have been like like the bad guy. Like the, yeah. <laughs> the big, scary, you are in a hell of a lot of trouble if you encounter one. And then Fallout 4's like, look, so we've been in the game for 15 minutes. <laughs> You're going to yeah. kill a Deathclaw with relatively with relative ease. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the power armor does help. The power yeah. armor does help. <laughs> yeah. And the power armor is a much bigger bigger part of this oh, game. Oh, yeah, than it's, the it's very ones. different. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. 
Yeah, that that threw me for a while learning yeah. how to use a power armor. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was quite different from the other games. Mm-hmm. Um, but so after you rescue the Minutemen, who are useless without your help, apparently, um, then uh, then the Minutemen were on their way to Sanctuary when they got you know attacked by raiders, as you do. Um, so you proceed to Sanctuary, and um, this is the first settlement that you start or can start to build um, a sanctuary. Um, and this is also where the Minutemen quest line begins. Yeah. So it's it's somewhat difficult to summarize the the quests of Fallout because you do them in different orders, yeah. right? So it's like I don't I like I've like I'm like forget about Sean. I don't care about my son. I'm yeah. in the Minutemen quest line, you know. <laughs> um, so uh, so there's the Minutemen quest line, the Railroad, the Brotherhood, the Institute, and the main quest line, and they entangle yeah. and cross over. So it's kind of difficult to tell uh, tell it in a linear way. Um, and because some of them are like completely optional, like I don't think you have to enlist in the Brotherhood, do you? No, no, not at all. Plot. No, um, but some of them are mad. You like, don't. You don't um, actually. Yeah, you don't actually even have to do that first quest there. Um, I believe you can actually skip straight through. Walk as soon as you leave the vault. Actually, walks all the way to Diamond City. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And basically extend the quest from there. So yeah, true. it's as soon as you come back up from that vault, it's mm. basically you know that. It's open world yeah. Um, yeah. there, so you can really do it. Um, I mean, you're missing out on a huge part of your game if you just start trying to skip through yep. um, yeah. and some early power armor. But, yeah, it, it's incredibly hard to try and um, try and break down the, the plot line because it does vary so much between factions. And I think in that, um, it does it in a good way throughout, um, so you do get, you know, a lot of replayability. I know a lot of uh, RPGs do that, mm. you know. There's like a... Uh, morality decision at the very, very, very end of a game. So, you know, it tries to get you to replay the entire thing just to see what choice you make yeah. in that last cutscene. Yeah. Um, which is just tiresome. It's like you j- just load this, the previous yeah. save. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Save the hours. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, and the other thing is, actually, I think um, in one playthrough, I... Um, I left the vault and headed directly to Fort Haven and, and just found Kellogg immediately. Oh, right. So, so I think up until, um, I think you need, you have to do that. Yep. But up until then, everything is technically optional. Huh. So you don't have to meet Nick Valentine. You don't have to go to Diamond City. Um, you just, you can go directly to find Kellogg. Yeah, um, wow. Which, I mean, you wouldn't do in the first playthrough because you don't know where he is. Because you don't know where he is, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you have that prior knowledge, so, you know, don't do this on the first playthrough. <laughs> but if you're tired and you're, and you're not having it, then you can just go directly yeah. to Fort Haven, yeah. And, I mean, you get some good loot from Kellogg. I, I, I wore his armor and used his gun for, like, my entire playthrough. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a deliverer man myself. Yeah. I, I always go um, go to uh, the, the railroad quest line <laughs> very quick <laughs> so I can just get that gun. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so essentially, I mean, if you're doing it in the way you're supposed to do it, after you go to Sanctuary, then you head to Diamond City, which um, it will take you a while to get there. Yeah, um, like I, I looked it up my map and I was like, yeah, cool. It's a straight shot straight through the map. Like it should be easy. Oh, no. No. Nope. <laughs> no. Um, I get so lost yeah. in Boston, like in Boston City. It's not funny. Uh-huh. And like the map markers don't help. It no. doesn't help. No. <laughs> Particularly going yeah. from um, Diamond City to what's like the, the dingy, scummy town called? Uh, Good Neighbor. Good Neighbor. I um, 
Like it looks so that easy on the map. Are yeah. Don't call it dingy. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, bad mouth, Sorry. good neighbor? Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it, it's supposed to be a bit scummy, isn't it? Isn't that the point? Yeah. It's like mm. it's like the the rough part of town. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it looks like a clear shot on the map with no obstructions. And, and yet. <laughs> there's like a super mutant base and there's yeah. like barricades and yeah, not a fan. Yeah, yeah, no, you get quite lost and you encounter a lot of super mutants and you will die a couple of times trying mm. to get to Diamond City. Mm. Um, but once you do get to Diamond City, then you um, encounter Piper Wright, who is probably my favorite companion, oh, or, sure. or at least the one I think I've spent the most time with, um, who is an intrepid reporter who's been kicked out of Diamond City for, like, telling the truth, I guess. <laughs> because, yeah. yeah, Diamond City hates justice. No, they're, they're fine. It's just the mayor, who is a synth, but, you know. Um, so you get into Diamond City, and um, you try... And you go to find this detective, um, Nick Valentine. Lo and behold, he isn't there because, of course, he isn't because Bethesda needed to extend the plot line. Yep. So then you go running around to fight the mob, basically. In yeah, a, in like, a, like, in like a train station. Underground yeah. raider gangster mob. Yeah. Yes, it, in a vault, but it's like a fake vault. It's like not, not finished. And uh, if you listen to two of the gangsters over talk, like talking, they say that. Um, it was basically a con job set up by one of the unions to get paid for building a vault that was never going to work. <laughs> which, like, honestly, me as the mob. Um, <laughs> so, um, so you go save Nick Valentine, um, and then when you get back to Diamond City with him, um, he is able to tell you something about this, this mysterious dude um, who lived in Diamond City for a while with a child, but the child is um, 10 years old or around there, appear to be around 10 years old. Um, but your character still is like, I guess I was put in cryogenic sleep, <laughs> question mark. Um, so then... Which is just a terrible bit of foreshadowing. Yeah, right? yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I guess the kid's 10 now. It's probably no older than that. Yes, very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you then gain entry to Kellogg's house by either lockpicking or threatening or, you know, crimes, one of the other yep. ways. Um, and that uh, leads you to a cigar, which with the help of dog meat, you are able to use to um, track Kellogg down, track his scent, yep. which, you know, is very accurate because it's not like dogs need to be trained to no. follow scents or anything. No, no they just dog smell meat, the cigar. Dog yeah. meat is just the best dog. Yeah. Dog meat is such a good boy. Yeah, no, he just gets it. He knows what's up. Yeah. So um, this is, uh, you follow Dogmeat to Fort Haven, where Kellogg is holed up, which this is, all of that you could have skipped if you just yeah. went directly to Fort Haven. <laughs> if you just know where to go. Yeah. So Fort Haven um, is where you first, I, I believe it's where you first encounter synths, yes? Well, we, uh, as enemies, I think so. Okay, yeah. Like, or, like or we... Gen 1. In the main storyline, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, like, we've met Nick, who obviously we know is a oh, yeah, right. half of his yeah. face is missing. Yep, true, true. Um, this is the first time when you encounter the Institute as enemies, yes. um, is in Fort Haven. And there are synths, and uh, it's Gen 1, so they look really skeletal and, like, ugly. Um, no shade, Nick. I do love you. Um, <laughs> but um, you, sh you shoot up Fort Haven, and because you're... A legend, you um, get to talk to Kellogg, and then because Kellogg is the worst, you kill him. Um, and then on his 
body. I guess I guess you do cut open his head and take from his brain a sense yeah. component, which you know isn't very tasteful. But you just do it like real casually, yeah. Like like you just found it in his pockets, except yeah. that it was actually inside his his brain. And I mean, he was ki- he was kind of a dick. Like he had. It I mean, he was a dick. But yeah. Like. I don't know. I feel like there should have been like some really gross visceral cutscene of you smashing <laughs> Ooh, his head yeah. in. You know, like like to show yeah. how how messed up it is that you're mm. taking the implants from a dead guy's brain. Yeah. That's, no, that's another thing. Um, despite that's the name, I can get behind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, despite the name of the show, Full Out Four, not many cutscenes. No, no, not at all. I'm trying to think if there are any. There's like, it, no, it's all like. No. Sometimes your vision freezes, but basically, there's like. Maybe two cutscenes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's when you're going into the first vault, when you're coming out of the first vault. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. Um, so we might have to rename the show just yeah. for this episode. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so you take Kellogg's brain chip, and this is when you go to Good Neighbor, classy joint that it is. Yeah. Um, and you encounter Doctor. Is it Amari or Amara? I think it's Amari. I don't remember. Dr. Amari, I believe. Amari. Amari, yes. Um, at the Memory Den, which, you know you know how we talked in um, in episode one about, like, high tech, but we don't have computers. It's like, we can plug you into someone's brain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, this, like, VR brothel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. A VR brothel. That's an excellent description. Yeah. Yeah, yeah VR brothel. So, um, Dr. Amari takes the, takes the chip and with... Um, Nick's help because he's a synth plugs you into Kellogg's brain, I guess, because that's just what we're doing now. Um, Who? So I, I, ju- I just had this thought. How did she become a doctor, Amari? <laughs> like, uh, what what university was she at? Where's your medical <laughs> where's degree? Your medical degree. Yeah. Where's your MD? Where's your um, PhD? Clearly, clearly, you guys both missed the fact that she was wearing a white coat. Um, <gasps> from the institute. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, oh. now I feel silly. If you, well, now I feel if like your an character idiot. is wearing a white coat, you're technically a doctor. Mm. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm. Well, good. Don't I have egg on my face? Yeah. Yeah. Silly me. And right. bonus glasses, and then you're also good at computers. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. And um and if you have like cool gloves, then that means you're really good at shooting. Yeah. Like fingerless gloves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the law. <laughs> um so so you go into this trippy brain cutscene where I guess you be walking on neurons. Um, looking See, at, I, yeah. I really wanted to like this sequence because I ge- generally this is the kind of thing I really like in games. I re- you know, I like this kind of um you get to do something really weird and trippy mm, and kind of yeah. um see something you wouldn't get to see in the real world but um it just felt so like uh it felt like you know those theme park rides where it's like animatronics all around you and you're just like on this rail and everything's happening around you that's what it felt like to me like like it was a theme park ride there for mm, my benefit yeah 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 no i do get that um i th- i thought it was kind of um i, I liked that you could you know interact with things and it told you more information about characters mm. and stuff um and you know i i took me a while to get through the first time because i went back and i was like what's this what's this what's kellogg got to say um and it's interesting because i think that kellogg has the most depth of any character <laughs> in the game and he's already dead when you yeah. find that out you know or at least the most intense backstory when you go through his brain you know yeah. um and um yeah, that was that was that was a an, an interesting sequence, but I I do feel that it didn't maybe quite land in mm. the, in in the mm. way they would have wanted it to. Um, 
But so you get to the end of the sequence and you discover through Kellogg's memories that the Institute has a teleporter um, or that they, they teleport people in and out. And that's why no one has found the entrance to the Institute because it doesn't have one. There isn't one. Yeah. Um, which that's, that's a thing up until this point in the game. People say, you know, no one knows where the Institute is. Um, they have no clue where the sins come from. They just appear and people go missing and they don't know where they go. Um, like it's probably underneath the university, but like we don't know. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there, there's there's a general, you know, deni- like a denial amongst certain people that it even exists, and it very mm. much is treated as the boogeyman yes. of of the story at this point. Um, and again, you know, going back to the reporter earlier, um, you know, like she's out there trying to say that they exist and they have a presence in the city, and you know, you've got people of authority saying, no, you know, it doesn't exist. It's all, you know, just rumors. It's just a kid's tale kind of thing like that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and, um, you know, we know that people do get replaced with synths, but that's also, you know, kind of treated as like, that's not a real thing. Don't worry. (laughs) Watch out guys. That's how they get you. Um, so you'll have to forgive me if my memory gets a bit fuzzy, but after you, find out um, that the Institute has a teleporter. Okay, so in the final scene in Kellogg's memory, um, you overhear from a courser that visits Kellogg that Kellogg's current mission is to track down a scientist named Virgil who has left the Institute um, and uh, likely escaped into the glowing sea. Um, and so on. upon returning to reality, you can um, speak to Dr. Amari about Virgil, um, and and she uh, tells you about the glowing sea and that it's not a place that you really want to be. Um, but um, this, this is the game, so we have to go. <laughs> so um, pop on your radiation suits, kids, or power armor. Power armor, yeah. Yeah, power armor, because radiation suits do no protection. Yeah. Um, and, um, and the next quest is you walking into the most dangerous yeah. place in the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Glowing Sea, I don't think we've mentioned before, but this is the impact crater yeah. for, for the bomb. So it's immensely radiated. There's constant radiation storms. You can't see anything. There's rad scorpions everywhere, really powerful enemies, and you take constant radiation damage. So, you know, it's a time. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. You wear power armor. You take Nick with you because Nick is is fine with, yeah. with a few yeah. rads. Um and run away from enemies. That was my tactic. Yeah, yeah, basically. Basically, unless you want to wait, like, grind levels until yeah. you're, like, level 40. <laughs> I never um, <laughs> want to wait in levels. Yeah. Um, so you trek through the glowing sea, um, and if you don't die, then you um, then you encounter the, the children of Adam, um, and you can ask them about where Virgil is, and they tell you he's just, he's just in a cave just up there. Off the map. Yes. I must add as well. Yes, actually. That really mm. messed me up because I was like, well, I'm mm. at the edge of the map and I haven't found him. Yes. Um, yes. So normally you would assume that where the map ends, there are invisible borders. But um, actually in the glowing sea, you walk beyond beyond the limits of the map. Yep. Um, and there's actually quite a few really interesting locations mm. in the glowing sea. But a lot of people never get around to exploring them just because it's such a hassle. Yeah. And you can't see anything. <laughs> and it's really like, it's hard. See, it's um, that sight lines thing I was saying. If you yeah. can't see that there's an interesting thing there, you're not going to go over there. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so... You find Virgil in a cave, and surprise, surprise, Virgil is a super mutant. 
Um, which should we recap briefly what super mutants are? I mean, it's um, kind of in the name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're mutants um, and they're and they're really yeah, super. Yep. There's there's just one thing that I want to correct because people get this wrong and it does annoy me mm-hmm. is that ghouls are caused by radiation. Super mutants are not caused by radiation. Super mutants are created by by the forced evolutionary virus or FEV, um, which was an experiment that the government did a while back um, to. Uh, well, force evolution. It was to make people right. bigger, better, faster, stronger, right? Um, but didn't super work. The no. super mutants, um, you know, a bit angry, having a time. So super mutants are not created by radiation, but are leftovers from a government project. Um, but basically, they're big, tall, and green, and they eat people. Um, and most of them are hostile, except Virgil, who's a cool dude. He's an ace guy. He's um, pretty cool. I yeah. Li- I like him. He's a good character. Yeah. Yeah, and so, for example, Virgil, um, I believe, used to be human, but then tested the FEV virus on himself, and that's how he became a super mutant, yeah. right? Which is why he's still smart, still knows stuff, <laughs> because he, he used to be human. Um, so, Virgil um, has run away from the Institute. Yeah, so he, he wants you to get uh, back into the Institute, but what he asked for is for some of the notes from... Um, his lab because he, uh, you basically find out through that dialogue, I believe, that he wasn't, you know, always a, a super mutant. He's done this through to himself through the research mm. um, and through his experiments. So I, I believe that's the, the what, you know, basically the favor he's asked right, of you. Right, right, right. So, uh, yes, I remember. So Virgil asks to for his notes back from the Institute. Um, but so you ask Virgil about how the teleportation works, um, and Virgil essentially tells you that it, to have any hope of teleporting into the Institute, you will have to hunt down and kill a courser um, and take the chip from its brain, which coursers are basically the Institute's bounty hunters. They're super hard to kill. They regenerate health. It's super annoying. Yep. Um, they're, like, they're like the agents from the Matrix. Yes, like they, yes, basically. They look like yeah, the yeah, they have, they have a long trench coat and everything. Yeah. Um, so then he um, he tells you that there is one, I, I, and I might be getting this out of order, but I believe he tells you that there is one around CIT, CIT so that yeah. you should go to the CIT um, ruins and tune into a certain radio frequency, which then it tells you, you know, you basically hot potato your way yep. to finding the courser. Um, and then you go through, kill a bunch of gunners, which are mercenaries, um, and then find a courser at the end who you will kill because, you know, you're the sole survivor and you're the shit. So um, you you take the chip from the courser's brain, and this is where the factions mm. start to become um, important because... Um, I, I know in my playthrough, I had um, Tinker Tom from the railroad decode the chip, but I'm not sure if... I think Sturges might be able to do it for you. As I don't know. Well. I'm pretty sure I had Tinker Tom. Tinker Tom? Do it. Yeah, it might, be, it might be after this. Yeah. Do, you have any, do you have any more knowledge on that, Joseph? Uh, yeah, so I'm pretty sure uh, you've got to use railroad there. The railroad right. and Minutemen, um, because, like... In a lot of ways, they're considered small fry compared to the other two factions. There are some bits there where they're kind of interchangeable. Um, and they do, when it comes to priorities and allegiances, they do seem to be less conflicting than the principles of the mm. other factions. Sure. Um, but yeah, so if, you, um, if you're if you at the... Uh, if you're with the Brotherhood, 
um, there's someone uh, there who can help you. I forget the name of the person. Um, and yeah, if uh, I think otherwise it's the railroad. But the quest is really designed there to try and get you to go and discover the railroad. Yeah. Um, yeah. In particular, at this point. Yeah, so like I said, I always discover the railroad first because yeah. I I need that gun because it has like <laughs> no AP cost and you can shoot a bunch of times. Um, but at this point, it would it would if you were doing it normally, it would um, get you to walk the Freedom Trail, yeah. which lets you uncover the password that you need to get into the railroad hideout. Um, and then there would be another quest that you first have to do to get the railroad to trust you, um, which is going to the switchboard where you find the deliverer gun, and then you would be able to go and speak. To to Tinker Tom about decoding the Corsair chip. Um, but once you have the Corsair chip decoded, um, because of video game logic, that basically tells you everything you need to know to build a working teleporter to get into the Institute. Yep. So perfect. Um, and here, I th uh, again, I'm not exactly sure where, where the factions begin to diverge, but um, I think you need to get a faction to help you build the teleporter. Yeah, like yes. I, I had the yes. I had the railroad help me build it mm. um, out at a, I think I built it at the drive-in movie theater. Yes. Build this big um, yeah teleporter machine, which is kind of it's just a bunch of fetch quests, isn't it? Because you need to get the materials. Yes, to, yes, basically to build this. this yeah, thing. basically. Um, a bunch of fetch. Having said that, if you've already you know built up a few settlements at this point, you've generally got all the materials yeah. you know yeah. you need straight away at this point yeah yeah so um you build the teleporter and um then you teleport yep zap zip y you're gone um so and then suddenly you're sort of in a horror movie yeah like ooh, without intending to be you know it's like there's this dark corridor and the doors close behind you and <laughs> yeah it's a bit spooky um but you you walk on um and it kind of becomes clear that you're being directed mm -hmm. to go to a certain place um so you do um and you meet this character known as the father who Plot twist is <laughs> your son. Now, dun dun dun. Okay, so this this is my this is one of my biggest problems with the plot of this game is was it not just immediately obvious from the outset that like like when when you get unfrozen again you're like oh my god where's my baby somebody has my baby like you've been frozen again isn't it obvious that maybe lots of time has passed yeah um, yeah. And it just, you know, like if, if the character wants something, I should want that too. But I wasn't, I didn't care about that because I was like, well, I know that he's not going to be a baby anymore. Yeah. Like he, you know, I, at first I thought he was going to be Kellogg and then, you know, there was all of these, um, yeah. Yeah. I actually thought the child might be Kellogg as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I guess that is, you know, just cut the soul survivor some break. Like I said, they had a hell of a morning, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. True. Um, true. But but for me, after um, after I saw that, you know, apparently Sean was like a ten year old, I was like, oh, Sean might either be dead or um, or an old man. Yeah. The, the the red herring that kind of threw me for a bit was that Kellogg appears to be basically the same age. Yeah, and that he just they they say he's got cybernetics and yes, therefore doesn't yes. age. Yes. No, they explain that by he's basically a cyborg, yeah. like he's cybernetically enhanced by the I institute. Mean, really it's because it's convenient for the plot. Yeah. Yeah, basically <laughs> because if Kellogg was like 100 years old, you'd be like, You'd "Hmm, be able okay." To tell. Yeah. Sus. Yeah. I'm pretty sure one of my friends upon meeting the father 
like beat him to death with <laughs> an axe. Wow. Like yeah. So you can do that. Um, there are there are a few different options here where again your plot can diverge wildly. Um, even if you don't beat him to death, you can be so incredibly rude to him and just not like basically deny the plot twist. Um, you know, just like uh, swear and abuse him for a little bit and then That's say so deny everything <laughs> and then you'll basically get kicked out. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of different uh, points here again where the plot uh, plot can diverge. If you kill him straight away, um, that that will change the plot entirely again. But again, you'd be missing out on so much of the story if <laughs> yeah. you choose to just go around yelling at people and shooting them straight away. Yeah, um, this save is, it for later. Yeah, this is a different thing. But I know um, in in New Vegas because it wasn't as well as tightly coded. I broke my games by just. <laughs> walking into caesar's legion and killing him like i just broke my playthrough like i couldn't you know um i have a bad habit of killing bosses as soon as i meet them and just like if, if it's not coded for that i just ruin my like ruin my game yeah i've done that a couple of times you need, you need to do what the developers expect you to do yeah yeah, yeah. um so yes at, at this stage you have the option to join the institute um which you know if you hate freedom Go for it, I guess. <laughs> well, I initially joined the Institute. See, you're looking at me with that face like I hate freedom. Yeah. <laughs> I joined the Institute as a like, yeah, I'll infiltrate them because I'm with the railroad. And, and how then, did that go, Joe? Yeah, how long it did didn't that go last? good. I mean, it lasted the whole time and I was going to free them. And then I was like, nah, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to kill the railroad instead. Yeah. Which I got to say was like disturbingly satisfying. Hmm. You can choose to join the Institute, or if you refuse to join the Institute, then the father gives you one chance to leave and walk away, basically. Mm -hmm. So, um, because I'm a good person, and I don't hate freedom, I um, chose to leave, and then you basically recount to the Minutemen everything that's gone on. Um, and this is where, in my Minutemen playthrough, if I'm remembering correctly... I feel like there's something that I'm missing between so, these two points, but I know that the Institute attacks the castle, like launches a siege on the castle at some stage, but I feel like there's something that I'm missing between there that I'm yeah. forgetting. So um, prior to that, uh, the actual decision for allegiances doesn't really like kick in as an end and one from my understanding until Bunker Hill. So right. you can actually join the uh, Institute and uh, as an undercover person um, and basically suss everything out, um, which, you know, is, is a good opportunity for all, um, all factions here just to basically go through, look at all the different departments. Um, and before you, you know, officially join, join, it's really just an introduction to understand what they're doing down there. And I think that's really important um, with the factions in this game and the plot overall is that Fallout 4, I reckon, has done the best job out of any game that I've played with multi-factions um, at making the black and white less clear mm. um, with morality decisions. I think it's really important um, to understand the factions in this game, there's no one, you know, seeking world do uh, domination here. Um, every single faction is doing what they think is best for the Commonwealth. Um, you know, the, the Institute is um, basically, in essence, trying to use science to rebuild from scratch. Um, from there, 
perspective, you know, everything above ground is, you know, is horrible. It's dangerous. You know, everyone is going around killing each other. Um, mm. You know, like they just want to let that happen up there and focus on restoring technology, you know, beneath ground before they, you know, eventually rebuild above ground. The railroad, uh, you know, going around basically um, their, their biggest, you know, principle and mission is um, is the idea that, you know, the synths that the Institute are creating, um, uh, you know, this latest uh, version of them are so close to humans um, that they don't always and a lot of the time they don't actually know that they're synths. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it's the concept that they, you know, are, are artificial intelligence to the point where they should have rights. Um, and that, you know, the Institute are enslaving them. Mm. I, I just think it's, you know, so we don't have to decide until um, Bunker Hill, actually, uh, as, as a quest. And going in there before that, that's where you decide kind of which allegiance you're going to go with because you're going to publicly start killing the other um, yeah. <laughs> the, the other factions at that, at that point there. Um, but, yeah, prior to that, you can actually do a bit of the quest line for, you know, and a lot of side quests for... I think most of the factions actually um, until you get to that point. And it's a very um, complex web of stories. Like yes. I would be really interested to see the plot lines of this game like graphed out mm. graphically um, because yeah. it's like it's like a spider web of quests that inform each other and like some of them are mutually exclusive, but some of the, like, uh, like Joseph says, you can do a lot of the, a lot of the um, faction quests before you have to actually make that final yeah. choice and lock yourself off from the others. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you were saying about you know the the factions being kind of morally gray or unclear. Um, I find especially if you have played the other Fallout games, which a lot of people have. Um, you know, I mean, in three, the Brotherhood of Steel were the unambiguous good guys. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes. and now and suddenly they're kind of like Nazi-ish. Yes, like, a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's not a great look. Um, so it's you, you know, I mean, in three, it was like, uh, like the Enclave are bad. You know, they bad people. Um, and yes. and. Brotherhood, good, yay. Um, you know, I, I mean, like to the point where they were literally, you know, called knights and paladins. Like literally, you know, you're knight in shining in in power armor. Yeah. Um, uh, whereas, you know, coming into Fallout Four, it's there's definitely a lot more nuance mm-hmm. to it. Um, to you know, the Brotherhood thinks they're doing the right thing, but like it's particularly at what cost? between the two biggest factions, the Brotherhood and the Institute. Exactly. They have they very much have that. Um, elements of of goodness and badness depending mm. on how you look at them yeah yeah, yeah. whereas you know yeah both that, that go on i was gonna say yeah that there's no there's no true um good and there's no true evil in it which i think is you know such such a really valuable thing that i i think a lot more games should work off it's so much more three-dimensional um in so many ways and i've i've you know like you know heard heard conversations between different g- gamers where you'd think they were having um, you know, arguments about, you know, politics or something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where they're, you know, arguing to the death that, you know, this is the best hope for the Commonwealth kind of thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, like you've got the, the Minutemen who appear to be the most, you know, altruistic. You know, their idea is just, you know, protecting uh, the people of the Commonwealth. Um, but, you know, everyone is flawed. The, the Minutemen prior to you have basically all but failed they've mm. you know been uh, nearly all wiped out um and they haven't actually been achieving anything without you 
Um, you know, so people would argue, you know, are they actually a worthy causes? Are they, you know, is putting someone like them in power of, uh, over the Commonwealth actually for the best if they can't actually stand on their own two feet? And you've got, you know, the, the railroad again who, you know, believe that these synths should be saved and rescued. While the Brotherhood of Steel just, you know, do try and rule with this concept of, you know, there is a true good and there is a true evil, so they will kill all ghouls, they will kill all mutants, and, you know, um, they will kill all synths, and they are so determined that, you know, what they are doing is pure, pure good, they'll actually go to the settlements and, you know, if you uh, uh, ally yourself with them, you have to go and basically threaten the settlements to give you food and supplies because which you perceive to be, you know, truly all good because you're, you know, funding funding a good mission. Um, so it's this this concept that no one no one at all is perfect and no one is, you know, truly evil. And it yeah, it, it very much is a is a parable for real life where all of these concepts, you know, these are all concepts that you would be familiar with in the real world, but they're like um, hyperbolized through this lens mm. of this um, crazy over-the-top apocalypse. Yeah, um, mm. where people can can make these outlandish, insane claims, and they don't seem so outlandish and insane in light of what the world is like now. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and I kind of feel like um, like. Skyrim had a a test run version of this with the conflict between the Stormcloaks and the Imperials, where you really could have kind of justified being on on either side. You know, it wasn't just like um, goodies versus baddies. You know, um, I I think I generally sided with the Imperials, but like the Imperials were also sided with the Elmir Dominion, who are bad. You know, yeah. so it's it, it's. Um, and, but then it's you know more advanced in this game with more more factions mm. and you know it's more significant to the main quest as well. Um, so it's it's interesting to me that they're they seem to be moving in that d- direction of more nuanced um, yeah. moral decisions. Yep. Yeah. So basically, uh, towards the end of the game, um, this is where things get super confusing. But different. It's you basically mix and match like either the railroad gets destroyed or like the Brotherhood or. Um, do the Metamen get destroyed in one version? I'm not sure. I don't think so. It's so so ba- basically the way it would um, work is depending on who you uh, ally with, um, there it depends on who they see to be threats. Sure. So if you um, you know plant yourself with the Institute, they see everyone as a sure. threat. Sure. Okay. Yes. Um, so you're going to be working your way to take out all of the factions. If you um, work with the Minutemen, um, you know they are going to see certain people as threats, um, but you know they—I don't believe they see the railroad as a threat. No, whatsoever. no, they don't. I um, think the Minutemen is you just destroy the Institute. I think so. Oh no, you no, know the Brotherhood, the Brotherhood as well. Yeah. The Brotherhood as well. Brotherhood yes. needs to, yeah, yeah, because they—they're just sense without without any prejudice. Yeah. Yeah. No, so essentially in in the final act it's a, it's a mix and match of who gets destroyed and who gets saved. Um but in most playthroughs unless you're um allied with the institute then the game ends with you blowing up the institute. Um yep. in in dramatic fashion which which you you um beam in there with all your buddies and you go through and you plant some bombs and then you beam out and you explode the place. Um and it's kind of sad cuz you're you know kind of killing your son. But like he had it coming, and also like, how long did you know him for realistically? Like he was a baby. <laughs> like it's not that sad, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's I think that's a really good, a really good point because 
a lot of a lot of storylines in general and i mean this happened in fallout 3 get very hung up on family get very hung up on this idea of who who are your parents who you know where do you come from that kind of is the making of you Mm. um whereas in in fallout 4 you are the parent you are the yeah um you are the one making this child except that you haven't you've yeah you've had this opportunity to to shape a child taken away from you Mm. and he's been shaped into this, you know, potentially evil dictator or, you know, however you want to view him. Um, And so, yeah, he's like, is he your son? Is, Mm. is that synth that's a 10 year old? Isn't that more close to your, to being your son than this adult man? Mm, Exactly. I, I know that I didn't feel bad about killing the father um, because I'm like, that's not my son. Like, like number one, the game. Um, there were, you know, you care about characters because you you see them interact with other characters and because you like um, how they think and how they act and things like that. You literally know nothing about the father when you meet him. It's like it's like is saying that he's my character's son supposed to make me feel conflicted about it? it it's exactly. not. I don't know him. There's, you know? Yeah. The game just said so. There's just um, a genetic link and that's about yeah, it. Yeah. It's like, you know, even I think you mentioned Fallout 3 and it's like just the cutscenes that you have with your dad, you know, uh, that that makes me care more about him exactly. than I care about this baby who was a baby for the first cutscene and babies are the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's no... He doesn't change depending on who your character is. There's no mm. molding him as a as a character as a human. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I can totally see. And 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 I mean, the thing is, if, if you actually ally yourself with the institute, he dies anyway. Yeah. He dies of well, he's got a disease Cancer, or old age or something. Yeah. 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 And he um, wants you to take over. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, then you're the the director of the institute, um, which is what I did, which was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of, um, just really quickly, uh, a lot of uh, the relationship and the storyline with the father, though, it's um, it's not necessarily about, you know, uh, trying to get, uh, you know, an empathy or, you know, a uh, response or anything there. I think um, throughout all the Fallout games, the whole uh, ties where, you know, basically the plot line revolves, even though you have an impact across everything across the wasteland, um, it's always, you know, very personal mission driven. I think that um, just mm. a- enables you to play a huge range of different characters um, because otherwise, um, and this is something that the developers actually get a lot of criticism for, is that, you know, every game's the same. You're just, you know, basically doing a personal story, um, which then has big effects. I think it's actually really important because, you know, if I was playing a character, which I went from the outside, outset you know this this guy is going to be you know an absolute ass um like i want to you know there's still um some motive there to do things you know for personal gain you know you can be an ass but still you know after your son um you don't have to be following these missions altruistically um and and yeah no i I think a a story like having your son taken from you um can motivate any of those responses that could motivate you to be an altruistic loving person or it yeah. could motivate you to be angry mm. and both of the yeah, like just that whole range makes sense in the context exactly and i think that that's really important because yeah i i don't think the i don't think if that's what they were going for you know an empathy response i don't think they you know ticked any of the boxes there yeah but 
um, you know, from that kind of, you know, enabling us to play a huge, huge range of characters. Um, yeah. I think that that does a really mm. good job. Yeah. Um, you know what I love, sorry, just as, as we were talking about, um, you know, the the plot of Fallout, Fallout um, 3, I was thinking about um, New Vegas and how that's probably the plot line I relate to the most because in, um, in, in 3 it's like, go find your dad. In 4 it's like, go find your son. In Fallout New Vegas it's, someone shot you in the head. Go find him and kill him, <laughs> you know? like uh, Just cold revenge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean that's that's always a good plot, a good, yeah. a good revenge story. Like I can I can get behind that. If yeah. someone shot me in the head, I'd be mad about it. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> okay, well I think that's probably a good place for us to wrap up for today. Um, so we'll be back next week. Of course, we'll be talking about the characters. So we'll really get into those mm. factions and pull them apart, find out their constituent elements. If you want to catch up with us, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Cutscene Saga. Or you can send us an email, cutscenesaga at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to our fantastic producer, Zane C. Weber at That's Not Canon Productions. And um, thank you to our fantastic guests, Lawrence and Joseph. Thanks for coming back in. Um, We'll see you again next week. Bye. Thanks for having us. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.